I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Well, we come to the last chapter of this strange book written by Solomon who let his life get out of sync by getting under the sun without God after he started off so well asking God not for fame, not for fortune, not for wealth, not for long life, but for wisdom to know how to take care of the people as the king, to, to judge correctly and to judge rightly. And yet God told him, do not intermarry, do not have uh, you know these polygamous relationships. They will take you away. He did it. He even had some that were from uh, a faraway lands, including Pharaoh's daughter, and they turned his heart away from God and all those great proverbs and things. Uh, he gets to the end of his life, and we've seen through chapters 1 through 11 the horror of what he's been going through. His, he, can, he, he remembers God, but he keeps coming back down under the sun, and he keeps looking at things. And he's trying to apply his wisdom to make sense out of life with God, without God, and he goes back and forth. Well, now he comes to the very last chapter, very last chapter, short chapter too compared to the other ones. This chapter has 14 verses. Some of them have a little uh, more than that. But he starts off, and we're going to break this down into three parts. We're going to start with this first imperative, which is the first eight verses. And then we're going to look at the final instruction, verses 8 to 12, and then the final imperative verses 13 and 14. So we have the first imperative in the first eight verses and the final imperative in verses 13 and 14. And we're going to deal with them extensively. But let me just give you the first imperative. Let me give you the last, uh, the final imperative and just speak it so you can see everything in the middle of where we're leading up to. The first imperative, verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. There's the first imperative. In verse number 13, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. There's the final imperative. So he is going to bring us back to where we need to be if we're going to make it. He has some pretty interesting things to say and I think would be well worth listening to. So let's look at the first imperative. It all centers around the word remember. The word means to recall, to think on, to think about. It carries everything to do with putting that thought process into your heart and musing over it, bringing it back up. 
dealing with it in a sense of recollection constantly. And he says to do it now. Remember now. Keep in mind now. Now is the time to bring back your creator. I want you to notice something here because the word that he used was the word bara, which means to create. Now, listen, he did not use God's name as Elohim. He used it as the creator. He wanted his audience to understand who you are remembering is the God that created everything, including you. That's why you need to remember him. He is your creator. He is the creator. The Bible gives no inference and no room for evolution. Remember now, earnestly now, sincerely now, distinctly now, thy creator in the days of thy youth. Remember God when you are young. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. Now there's a reason why he's going to say that. Because he's going to come and say something else here that is so discouraging if, when you start getting up in your older years. Nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few and those that look out of the windows be darkened. And he's going to go on and on and on. Here's what he's going to say. So let me give it to you. Then we're going to go through it. He's saying you need to remember your creator while you're young. Now, before old age comes upon you, remember your creator in your youth Remember your creator before old age comes. Now, I realize that some people get saved late in life, and they don't have that option. But when you get saved young, whether it be a kid, a teenager, in your uh, teens, 20s, 30s, you remember while you're young because there will come a day when old age will set on, and then things begin to go dark and dim in your body. So, you need to remember that. And then he says, while the evil days come not upon you, remember him before your age changes to an older, but also remember him because the evil days have not come. I got saved at 14. Now, if I'd have gotten saved a few years earlier, it may have saved me from a couple years of junior high school and my sixth grade year where we moved. And uh, I ended up going from walking to school to a bus stop and having to deal with a lot of kids and a lot of uh, words that I had not heard before that I did not know what they meant and it, things really changed for me but I did get saved and I was able to to overcome some things but here's the bottom line the earlier you get saved the more evil you can be saved from if you'll live a life for God and remember your creator and not follow those evil days that is the thing you get saved later in life sometimes you have a whole trail of horrible things that have impacted your life. Some people live clean and morally, and they get saved, and they've just had a lot of years of wasted years, and maybe some vices and things, but they don't have a lot of scars. But some people have scars and things that will never be changed because they did not get saved when they were young. Now, he comes in, and he starts in verse 3, and he deals with, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. 
uh, the, these keepers are your hands and arms, okay? They, they, get, they become disabled in age. You, the, you're not able to use them like you used to. And so things start going downhill. And he says, and the strong men shall bow themselves. And then he said, and the grinders cease because they are few. The grinders, that's the teeth, refers to your teeth. And they're coming out, and so they have to be replaced. And sometimes people have implants, and sometimes they have dentures and, and things like that. And uh, things become the changed, and uh, some people have false teeth. What is it? Because we're getting old. The body continues to decay. From the time we're born, the body begins to decay. We begin to go from uh, that which we were born to back down to when we die. We don't get better and better and better. We get worse and worse and worse. That's why we look forward, look forward, and look forward to the day when we get a glorified body. Hallelujah. When it doesn't have any of these problems anymore. And he said, the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. What we're talking about there is your sight becomes dim. You, you look out and it's darker than it used to be because it's not quite the way you used to be able to see. And it says the doors shall be shut in the streets. And uh, this, is, this is what we call uh, this uh, parable type, not parable, but uh, proverbial thinking. And he's just kind of giving a descriptive thing of the body. So here he's talking about speech. When the sound of grinding is low, the teeth, uh, you can't speak well. And it says, he shall rise up at the voice of a bird. Just a little sound, and they get up. That's called insomnia. That's a problem that a lot of folks have uh, for different reasons. Maybe it's just because uh, bones are aching and you know, you're older and you just got more problems. Um, I, I know my dad says he gets up quite early because of his uh, bones and back. I'm on medication and it's a medication makes you wide awake the disease makes you tired the combination is hard and you lay there fatigued but unable to go to sleep insomnia and then it says the daughters of music shall be brought low meaning they can't hear the high frequencies as well and so that's why they mentioned daughters the higher frequencies and uh, now what higher frequencies some people do hear it's called ringing in the ears and we get to see that and then it says and then they're afraid of that which is high. They don't climb up to other places. Mainly, a lot of reasons for that. One, they don't want to slip and fall because their bones could break. They don't want to find themselves in a position where they might end up in a in trouble and falling. But also, maybe there's a dizziness about this where you try to climb up and, and you used to be fine, but now you're not. And the almond tree shall flourish. Uh, here we see uh, the, the, the old man is uh, kind of described as a tree that blossoms and flourishes upon a leafless stem. And then at the first pale pink color, it turns to a snowy whiteness and then they fall from the branches, the almond tree. And so it's a kind of a thing of looking at a, going from the young to the old, from the young to the old. And then the grasshopper shall be a burden strength declines and one cannot lift as much as when he got older so uh things that by the way that is certainly true as we get older we have to be careful about how much we we pick up and as our bones get brittle and break we have to think how much we pick up and all of that kind of stuff and so uh 
we find ourselves going, hmm, wow, where are we at here? And he just goes on and on and on about these things that are going to happen. Man goeth to his long home, his eternal home. We see in verse number five, remember now the creator while you're young so that you have him when you're old because things will start happening and things will look dark to you. But if you keep remembering your creator now while you're young, you will keep remembering him while you're old. I can tell you this, when I got saved, I did not hang around a lot of people my age. Uh, there was some kids at church, but we did not go to the same junior high and high school. So I was pretty much all alone, and I carried my Bible, and I carried gospel tracts, and I gave those gospel tracts out, but uh, I did not have a lot of friends with that. They, that was It was not popular to be a Christian when I went to school. It was very, very non-popular. And there was a, I, I went through a lot of ridicule. They made fun of me a lot. There was a lot of things that uh, were hurtful. And, and, but when I got saved, there was an elderly couple, and bless their hearts, they just really discipled me and prayed for me and helped me and encouraged me. And I spent a lot of my time with the elderly people of the church who had a great testimony that testified of what good things God had done. And, and they were a great blessing to me and a great help to me because they were remembering their creator now like they did when they first got saved. And they were teaching me to remember him now and you would have him when you got older and because when we get older, we have more things that we tend to worry about. When our children are young, they're in our care, and we're kind of controlling them. But as they get to be teenagers, we have less and less control of their mindset, and they have a mindset of their own. Then they get out on their own. Then they get married. Then they have their children. And now you've got grandchildren you're worried about and children you're worried about, but they're now outside of your realm of control, outside of prayer. And so we, we see that there's a, a great resource when elderly people see the greatness of God and who he is. So we again get down to, uh, from that, the first imperative to the final instruction. Uh, uh, and what he says, he ends that section there on uh, remembering God by saying, vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Basically, Solomon looked at the whole thing and said, if you're going to think away from God, it's all empty. If you're going to Everything in life is meaningless, worthless, and empty if you do not remember now your Creator. If you're going to do everything under the sun, you're not going to make it. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be distressed. You're going to be depressed. And you're going to be irritated with God. And you're going to be going against the only one who can help you. Now watch this. He says, and moreover, because the preacher was wise... He still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. What we find here in this final instruction, we see the writer, the writer, the preacher, Solomon. The writer was the one who wrote the book of Saul, uh, Proverbs, who wrote great, great things in there. My son, my son, my son, fear the Lord, uh, have wisdom. Uh, let wisdom rule and reign in you. It'll be an ornament of grace, and you'll have long life. All those great things that he said, those verses of comparing and contrasting. And you'll boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Get away from them. But listen, he said, I'm still setting in order many proverbs. 
I've sought to do it. I'm still wise. So we see not only the, the writer, we see the wisdom. He said, I, I'm still wise, and so I'm still teaching the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out to set in order many proverbs. Now, did he uh, have great counsel? Sure, in some cases, especially in proverbs. Did he have great counsel in Ecclesiastes? Some. He has some great here. In fact, when we get to the final imperative with the first one, that's, that's the best news he gave us in the entire book because he kept going under the sun. His counsel. Counsel should not be empty of knowledge. It should be knowledgeable, but it ought to be knowledgeable in the right knowledge base. That knowledge base is not worldly wisdom of man, but in the godly wisdom that comes from the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. We go from the wisdom and the writer to the words. Listen to this. And that which was written in upright, even words of truth. Amen. That's what we need, words of truth. The words of the wise are goads. We'll talk about that in a minute. As, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. It's, they're like goads. They're like prods, that which prods somebody. And the collected saints, they're like, they're like putting a nail and nailing it down. My friend, the Proverbs that are wisdom from the Bible. And I'm not just talking about the book of Proverbs. I'm talking about all the wise counsel from Genesis to Revelation. All the words of wisdom that start from in the beginning God. Which simply stated means this. There is no explanation for where God started. If you say that can't be, there has to be a starting place, you can't find anything you believe. You cannot even believe evolution without there being something that pre-existed. You have to have, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory, where did the two particles come from that slammed into each other that caused the Big Bang? No matter what you look at, be it creation or evolution, or if they were to come up with something else, bottom line is you weren't there you accept it by faith, either one. Now, the difference between creation and evolution is in evolution, nobody was there, and there's nobody that's going to ever be able to prove it. But in creation, God was there. And when we go to heaven and meet him, it'll prove it. Job, where were you when I? And he talked about the creation of the world. Where were you when I did all this? I was there. Where were you? We weren't there. He said that the words are wise as goats. They prod us, and they're like nails that nail it down, which are given from one shepherd. Let me tell you who the one shepherd is. The one shepherd is the good shepherd. It is the great shepherd. It is the chief shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will not lack anything because he is my shepherd, and I'm glad that he is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. Because of that, I'm in the fold. Thank God for being in the fold. Now, listen to me. He says here, the words that I had they became the prods. Will you let the Word of God prod you into doing right? I mean, let it get you going and just nail some things down and say, this is it. I've nailed this down. I'm living for God. I'm living through the principles of God. I'm going to do whatever He says, no matter what anybody says. I'm going to get it from one shepherd. By the way, the pastors of the churches that are truthful pastors, the real God-called men that are preaching the truth, let me tell you, they're under shepherds. What they're doing is preaching the one shepherd. 
There you go. So when you hear messages from your church from a godly pastor, thank the Lord for him because he's in touch with the one shepherd and bringing his word to you so that you can take those words from that Bible from the one shepherd through the under shepherd and nail it down and prod yourself into uh, those things to do them. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books there is no end, and much study is weariness of flesh. Now, I find this very interesting. He talks about the writer, the wisdom, the words, but now he talks about the weariness. He says, most uh, study, he said, I, I be, he said, I've been studying and thinking and studying and thinking and studying and thinking and reading and looking, at, and it drove me under the sun. He said, look, be admonished. Be admonished by this, that the making of many books, there is no end. There's a lot of books we can read that will not help in us. There's a lot of books to read that will hurt us. There's a lot of commentaries that will tell us that the Bible says something that it does not say. And there are some that will say something that are really good, that they got some good things out of. You have to know who the good authors are. But the book after book after book after book, it's, there's no end. It'll never stop. And much study of those kind of things is weariness of flesh. Be warned. Be admonished that taking all this and make it, it just exhausts you. It's weariness to your body. It's weariness to your flesh. Stop it. Get in the book, stay in the book, and make it the main book. Amen. Now, the final imperative. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, it doesn't get any stronger than that. Here it is. Let me end it. Two verses to end it with. But verse 13 is the key. Fear God. There are three things that I see here. Fearing and keeping in verse 13. That is the imperative, the final imperative, and revealing is the result in verse number 14. Two, he, he, he just brought the whole thing down to two things. First imperative, remember now thy creator, especially when you're young. So when you get old, you'll continue to remember now thy creator. Here you go. Now. There you go. Now. Remember him. Now, let's conclude the whole thing. Why you're remembering him? Fear him reverential awe and fear when you get out of line with him fear god have everything that you have about god may it keep you moving in the right direction because you fear god and keep his commandments and that's our word to guard it has the idea to protect to uh be careful to watch over to watch carefully over to be on one's guard be on guard. You do everything you can to keep his commandments. Guard them with your life. Put them in your life. Use them in your life. Keep them in your life. And never, 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 never disobey the commandments of God ever. Now listen, he said you fear God. You get that reverential fear and that awe of God. And don't you ever lose it. And when you step out of line, you fear him because you know he'll get you right. He'll convict you and he'll chasten you. He said, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. This is, listen, this is what it's all about. Solomon said there is a, nothing else. This is what it's all about. It is the whole duty of man. Keep the whole thing. Amen. This is the way to be completely whole. You want to be completely whole? Fear God. 
and keep his commandments. If you're not keeping his commandments, you will not be whole as a Christian. If you're not fearing God, you will not be whole as a Christian. If you're not fearing God and keeping his commandments, you won't remember him now, right now, today. Because if you're not, you don't, even, you don't want to remember him. You don't want that to come back up if you're not living for him. Fear God and keep his commandments because the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Amen. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Fear God. Can any hide himself in the secret places that I shall not see, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Yeah, where are you going to go to get away from God? Where are you going to run to that you think you can get away from him. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. There it is. So Solomon says, hey, here it is. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, for God shall bring every work into judgment with everything, whether it be good, or whether it be evil. Well, my friend, everything's going to be revealed. The secret things of what you did, listen, it's going to be, it's going to be judged. The Bible says it very clear. It will be judged. Every time you hear a sermon that God has given through his messenger and you have anything negative to say about it or respond in any way, hey, it'll be brought It'll be brought against you when you say, what reason I have. And you who are going to heaven, your sins are dealt with, thank God. But God shall bring every work into judgment. And when we get into the judgment seat of Christ, we see that we will be saved, yet so is by fire. But our works will be tried to see of what sort they are. Will they be the wood, hay, and stubble that burns up? Or the gold, silver, and precious stones that does not burn up? That is the key. And that is the question. So, Bring it all down to a conclusion. We have the final imper- or the first imperative, the final instruction, and the final imperative. He puts the whole book together, and basically he says it like this. You need to remember now, right now, your creator, especially if you're young so you can remember him when you're old. Number two, in the final instruction, he makes it very clear that you need the right word, the right wisdom, they will be like goads and nails. It'll fasten it to you. And don't worry yourself with these books that say nothing to help you. Stay in the book. And then the final imperative, let's just get the whole conclusion. Let's make it go good. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would encourage our hearts through uh, these verses here. The book has been sad and hard, and it's been discouraging. Solomon has been so much under the sun, and he's trying to get his elderly life back on track, and he would get above a little bit and come back below, and he's trying to mix things, and it didn't work, and his life's miserable. But Lord, he got to the end, and he got it right. He needed to fear God and keep his commandments, for that was the whole duty of man. May we do the same And we'll thank you for it in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, whose name we pray, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton. Have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe.
been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.